Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by the Baller Sports Dialogue crew today is Brandon Deutsch, Grant Mona, Grant and Brandon, tail end of the Major League Baseball season. You guys have both held down the fort with coverage of the Dodgers and the Angels. And Brandon will go out there one last time to pay his respects to his team before they uh, <laughs> go off into the sunset. Um, Grant, I'll start with you. Um, thoughts on this team? Again, clinched a first-round bye, clinched the division, just kind of playing out the stretch here. Your thoughts on this team as they head into the postseason? Uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to finish on a good note. They just split a doubleheader yesterday, which is very odd why they had a doubleheader this late into the season. Yeah. I say just banish all of them. <laughs> I don't know why you have a day-night doubleheader. But they, you know, first game, I, I expected after a day off, they come out flat. Second game, absolute domination. They put up 11 runs, 18 hits. Bobby Miller and uh, Ryan Pepio. Those are the two guys that I am so excited to see in October. And now, you know, before I've said this in shows, in early September, I said it in August. I said, we need more of a sample size from those two. We need to see more of, of innings, more, you know, more of a complete package. We're now seeing that. Bobby Miller has been excellent. He will probably get the ball in game one in the NLDS. That's my opinion. I think he should. Um, he's that good already. Uh, and Ryan Pepio, ever since he came off that injury list, I think he has an ERA right below two. Um, he had nine strikeouts, a career high. Uh, Bobby Miller had nine strikeouts, a career high. These two are rounding into form much sooner than I ac- I actually expected. You know, usually Dodger fans would say, okay, you're going to throw the veterans first, Kershaw and then Lynn. I think it should be the opposite. I think it should be Bobby Miller in game one and then Ryan Pepio in game two. And then you kind of evaluate after that. That's how confident I am in those two arms. It's not just that. The bullpen has been absolutely sensational. I mean, I know before in the season we were talking about them having the worst ERA since they moved to L.A., they have been one of the best bullpens in the league since then. And that's what gives me a little bit more confidence. If you do throw one of those young guys, say they struggle fine. You have an excellent bullpen to back it up and you have long relief guys to piggyback off that the offense. I'm not too worried about. I mean, I know that they get in lulls sometimes they have trouble hitting with runners in scoring position. That's going to be, you know, something that to monitor, but I'm really not worried about them as a whole. Cause the bottom of the lineup has been so much better than last year. That's something that I've, I've keyed in on is yeah. the seven, four, actually, kind of the six seven eight nine guys have been so much better than last year so um there's a lot of room for optimism but like i've said many times there are so many good teams i mean the brewers are on a hot streak right now there are some teams that you just got to be worried about so the momentum is the biggest thing but now i can kind of 
finally say that Pepio and Miller are, are the two guys that are going to be, you know, the best going forward. Brandon, yeah, not right. only, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I'll, no, no. no. I, I will let you try. I, I forgot for a moment, Grant, that Brandon was uh, the uh, co-host of the show. So, like, I, I don't need to set Brandon up, but Brandon, touch on that. I mean, that, by the way, I we these are two pictures that we had heard about. But how amazing would it be if they started game one and two? I mean, now, now you're talking like they've really fast-tracked this process. But Brandon, take it away. I couldn't agree more with Grant. I think they're the two best pitchers on the Dodgers right now. I mean, the, the game I went to about a month ago when Bobby Miller started against the Braves, that was the best start of his life. He shut out the Braves for like seven innings. The one run was a Matt Olson home run, which, you know, was after the in, in the seventh inning. I mean, it was the best I've ever seen him. And he's just, ha- he's been excellent for two months straight. There was a little time, you know, in, in the end of uh, July where he struggled. Remember, Bobby gave up all those runs to the, the Astros in that series and a few others. But since, I mean, it, he looks like the way he started the season, his first four starts. I mean, he looks excellent. And Pepio, a lot of people knock on him because he throws 93, 94, 92. And it's like, oh, he doesn't have a power fastball. Who, who gives, you know, like, who cares? He gets guys out. I mean, he, he gets guys out. That's what matters. I mean, Lance Lynn's been in the league for how many years? Why is he in the league? Because he gets guys out, or at least he used to get guys out. Um, you know, he doesn't throw more than 92 miles an hour either. So, I mean, again, I think we're starting to see, I know Miller's the complete opposite, power fastball, but the slider is wipe out. I mean, his stuff looks like Spencer Strider if we're just yeah. looking at it back to forth. I mean, the slider looks almost identical to Strider's in a wipeout pitch. He's the ace of the future of the Dodgers. They look good. The lineup looks good. I do I do get kind of worried if they play a team like the Brewers just because of the staff, even though the Brewers can't hit. Because um, then you have to go toe-to-toe with like Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, which is going to be tough. But I do like them even against teams like the Phillies. The, the, I mean, obviously the Braves are a different story, but I do think they have obviously the second best chance to win the World Series in the in the National League right now. Um, Brandon, I, I, I wanted to touch on this because you've been in the clubhouse. You'll be at the game um, this week. Um, I, it was amazing to see Mike Trout get emotional about, you know, capping off another season where he's been hurt team is below 500, that they don't make the playoffs. It was really the first time that we saw publicly, and perhaps it certainly happened privately, where you've seen the, the, the strain is taken on this guy, where it's like, he wants to win, he wants to be healthy, but shoot, like, it just, it just, I wouldn't be shocked if, if now it's not just Shohei Otani leaving, if that happens, if Mike Trout does not say, hey, listen, guys, if you, if you could trade me, I'd really appreciate it, because I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're in a weird position. It's almost inevitable that they'll lose Shohei Otani. I think we can all agree there. I don't think it's a hot take that he leaves. I mean, he's going to be a Dodger, Mariner, some, 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 somewhere like that. Um, <laughs> so I think what you have to realize is, okay, you have Trout, you have Brandon Drury. One of the, actually, we talk about all the bad deals over the past few years. Drury was actually an excellent deal. Two years, $17 million. I mean, the guy's 800 OPS over the past few years. Took a discount to play for his hometown team. He grew up an Angels fan. He's been great. It's been injuries, Arash. This team is like, if I, I say it all the time, and yes, they went through some abysmal skids and there was some bad managing, and I love Phil Nevin as a guy, but I doubt he's back next year if you're trying to win baseball games. you got to get a more polished guy, as much as I like Phil Nevin, and I, he can stay as the bench coach. I think the players like him, but he can't be the manager. You need a guy like Craig Council. Um, and, and I think there's uh, what, what's going to happen is, if, even if you keep Trout, you have to start like, 
a de facto rebuild around these young guys because Logan Ohapi has 14 home runs, 13, 14 home runs in about 47 games, which is like a 42 home run pace as a as a franchise catcher. By the way, he's a catcher who's on a 42 home run pace. He plays the whole year. Top prospect for them. Nolan Shanawal made history as the uh, under 21, only player in the modern era to reach base 27 straight games, under 21, 21 or under. Never been done in MLB history in the modern era. But you built you have those two guys. Zach Neto's been great. Luis Rangifo. I know Grant has given him crap in the past, but he was excellent over the second half. The Barry Bonds of meaningless games, as Grant calls him. Uh, <laughs> that's what they call him on Twitter, too. The Barry Bonds of meaningless games. Because once the Angels were out of the race, he started hitting 450 with now like 10 my home time. And 40. Yeah. No, but I mean Rangifo, the reason why he was so great for so long before the bicep injury, he's the he's the most in shape guy on the team. Him and Logan O'Hoppy by far. I mean, you see you see him in the clubhouse. They're the most ripped of any of those guys. Like it's not even close. Ben Joyce is up there, but like even Shohei Otani is a little, little, uh, you know, a little, uh, little, little. I mean, he's not he's not as ripped as Logan Ohapi. We'll say that, but he's just a generational athlete, so it's different. Back to the point, they have a young core to build around. They're starters. They need better years of Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval, who took a step back this year, even though Detmers looked good last night. They have good young pitching, um, and their bullpen should not be an issue if they stay healthy because they'll have Sam Bachman, Jose Soriano is some of the best stuff of any young reliever in the league, uh, Ben Joyce, obviously, who's great, and Carlos Estevez, say what you want. I know he looks bad. He's looked bad. He had a bad second half, but 32 saves, 3-5 ERA is is a, is a well above average closer and they're going to use, they're going to allocate the rest of the Otani money once he leaves to other players. I'm not saying they should go for it, but I'm just saying they should be a little more competitive next year. If they can, even without Shohei Otani, I think long-term it's the best thing that happens if Otani leaves. Yeah. Cause then you're off the Rendon contract in three years and then you're, you've trout. If they trade trout, it's even better, but if they keep him, I still think they can be really competitive within a few years. All right, let's go around the bend. I want to get you guys' perspectives on USC. Again, our text exchange is hilarious, but Brandon, is, this is one of the first times they did agree watching that game in Tempe. And I, I was a little worried about a couple of things. Coming off of a bye, um, maybe looking ahead to Colorado, but here we are. We got Colorado, 9 a.m. kickoff, big noon game. I think it'll do a monster number. The line here in Vegas at Circus Sports, guys, and here's where I love the hook sometimes, is 21 and a half. That half is so key. I can see USC winning by 14. I can really see them maybe even winning by 21. That half will be key. Uh, Grant, let's start with you. Your thoughts on the USC Trojans as they head to Colorado to play Coach Prime. Look, I, I know that these spreads, like Brandon's mentioned this before, like I, I think we get too caught up in like the, the discrepancy between one team and the other. Like these spreads, like what was the spread for the Arizona State USC game? I think it was, it was like 35. 35. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a big one. And and Arizona State covered that. And, you know, it, it, it's just to me, these spreads are kind of egregious at some points. Like even the, the game against San Jose State to open, like it, I think the spread was like somewhere around that as well. And San Jose State, they hung in there for a lot of the game. I don't think that this game is going to be as big of a blowout as Oregon, Colorado. Yeah. I think that Colorado still has good talent. They still have Moxie. They still have that toughness that, you know, they're, they're not going to move away from who they are. So I think we, we got caught up in that Oregon 
Colorado game and like, oh, well, now it's over. Everything's over. Colorado's done. They're out of the top 25. It's over. They're still a decently talented team. Even Shadur Sanders, I think, will give USC fits. Um, now, USC's defense has improved, you know, sands the game against Arizona State because I'm going to, I kind of want to throw that one out. I'm not going to, but um, their defense was improving before that game. So I think that Shadur Sanders may give them some issues. Of course, they're without Travis Hunter. That's going to be another big blow to that Colorado team. They have not looked the same since he went out. Um, so for USC, I think their offense is going to be so elite that it won't even matter. The Colorado defense is not good. We've seen that even when they won their games, they haven't been that good. So with an elite offense like USC and a Colorado defense, even without Travis Hunter, I think it will be a, a multiple score win for USC. I just don't think that it'll be as big of a blowout as people are expecting, and especially yeah. going into Colorado, into Boulder. Yep. Yeah, I grant you hit it right on the money. I mean, 21 is too much for a team that's embarrassed by the way they played last week. They're going to be at home. This is going to be rocking. Caleb already had trouble with with the play clock last week against Arizona State. He calls all these audibles. A lot of his guys weren't ready. Caleb's excellent. And I think the USC offense will continue to be excellent. Um, but I don't see Caleb not playing the whole game in this game. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, well, they should they should. Uh, let's hope they win it in three quarters. No, this is going to be USC might be on the ropes again. I mean, even with Colorado's defense being abysmal, if Caleb or the offense does not get it going right away, it could be 14, nothing Colorado. That's how bad the USC defense is. I mean, they couldn't guard a parked car. They couldn't defend a parked car. It's true. It's, it sucks. And it's, I wish it was better. And it looked good against Stanford, who, by the way, lost to Sacramento state. It's not like Stanford, Stanford or any world beaters. I mean, that was the one defensive game that they played well in. Arizona State, you knew they were going to run every single time, and they did not put seven guys on the line. What are you doing? Later on, they passed. And number that number four, Scottabo or whatever, Scottabo or whatever. I mean, that guy was really good. He was punting, running. They made him look like the second coming of Jesus Christ, like Christian McCaffrey up there. I mean, he was. I mean, he's not doing that against anybody. They had no quarterback, and they had USC on the ropes. That's why SC moved down to eight. I think they get bum rushed by Washington if they continue to play like this. They need their defense needs to improve. I mean, it, Washington is the real deal. And here's the thing, you know, people have said, "Oh, like they were ranked five, how they dropped eight, eight. It doesn't matter. It'll come down to four games this season, and they play all four four top ten teams. They play they play Washington. They go to Eugene. They go to South Bend, and uh, they also play. I'm blanking on uh, the other one. Uh, Utah, 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 Utah. So I mean, listen, that's your season. You control your own destiny. If you win those games, you, they're, they're, you're, you're, you're a top four team. You're in the college football playoff. To Brandon's point, though, if that defense does not improve, and I have not seen the improvement that I hope to see, they're not going for and no. They're not running the table. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Guys, Monday, finally, the NBA is back. We got media day. We got the beginning of training camp. The Lakers and the Clippers generally do this. I don't know why they do this to the local media. They have, they're having their media day at the same time. God bless the Clippers. They know what's going to happen when that happens. But anyways, <laughs> listen, we will be at both. Uh, we'll have coverage of both. Um, okay, Grant, I'm going to start with you. I mean, the big story um, this summer was, you know, are they going to make a deal for James Harden? I think it's a blessing in disguise. I, I, I don't think that that trade made sense for them. I, I don't know what the trade was going to look like, but... 
Kawhi's healthy. By the way, Kawhi's out and about. He's at Colorado. He's, at a, yeah. you know, so he's having a good time. Uh, Paul George with one of the best podcasts in uh, the country. And a happy Russell Westbrook. Uh, Grant, your thoughts on the Clippers heading into Monday's media day at the beginning of training camp. By the way, we will have coverage from our friends in Hawaii, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, the home of the Clippers in Hawaii. Clippers going to Hawaii to play the Utah Jazz in a preseason game. Yeah, the vibes are high, which is kind of weird because there's such a disappointing end to last year and all the vibes around the team seem pretty joyous, pretty positive, um, except for Marcus Morris. A lot of fans want him gone um, and he has not been on in any of the Clippers social media posts. So I'm just throwing that out there not not putting anything you know negative out there. I'm just saying, uh, but you know. All the vibes around Bones Highland, Russell Westbrook, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi, everything. You know, PG got his flowers in the summer. He got praise everywhere for his podcast, for what he's done in the league. Kawhi, he looks healthy. You know, a lot of people said, oh, will he be ready by training camp? Yes, he he will be fully healthy by training camp. Uh, Whether that lasts into the season, I don't know. But the vibes are very high right now. There's a lot of positivity on that end. They didn't trade anybody. They're kind of just saying, let's run it back. Now, there is going to be some changes. And James Harden, we will see because it was reported that he's not going to be at the Sixers media day so I don't know what that means Um, but the Clippers right now they're kind of just saying we don't care about the Harden thing we're just going into the season with what we have and we're going to try to do the best that we can so whether that turns into a contender whether that makes them a better team I'm not sure but I'll take positive vibes and happy players over disappointed and ter- you know tumultuous and turmoil any part of the day. I'd rather have what the Clippers have right now than what the Sixers are going through right now. So um, uh, in that aspect, I think it's it's pretty good. Yeah, and look, the Clippers, I have no expectations. I said last year, oh, they should be title contenders. They always get hurt. Something always happens. I hope it doesn't happen. I want to see them compete. I think it's good for Los Angeles. The Intuit Dome looks great. But it's just at this point, how can you be excited about the team? I mean, you it's the inevitable. It's like the, it's like the Angels every year. It's like, oh, they start out great. And then, you know, then the typical Angels Clippers. I mean, second half of the season, something happens. I hate to say it. I mean, and that's going to be the same thing with Angels fans next year. They're going to go into the season. I don't they don't care if they're 25 and 0. Something's going to happen, unfortunately. That's usually what happens. Um, For the Lakers side of things, I do think they have a very good team. They have a good chance. I'm interested to see if LeBron takes a back seat this year because I think that's needed to win a championship. That's kind of a hot take. Um, But, I mean, he's going to need Davis, Rui, and Reeves sometimes to be three options ahead of him if he's not on his game. And again, it's unfair to say because LeBron did not was not 100% in the playoffs last year or toward the end of the season. And perhaps he gets back to what he was two years ago. Not saying in the regular season, in the playoffs and throughout the year in big games, are we going to see LeBron do what's needed to, done to, do, to do to win a championship? Which he can't be the man, I think, anymore to win in a championship. I think it has to be Davis. I, want, I wanted yeah, to say yeah. something. I, I I just want to say something quick. Uh, Austin Reeves on a podcast with Zach Lowe recently said that he talked with Darvin Ham over the offseason and that they want to use him on ball a lot more, which is a very good sign. Like Brandon said, there's a lot of trust between LeBron and Austin Reeves. And I think that Darvin Ham realizes that and LeBron realizes that. And they're going to kind of use Austin Reeves a little bit more on ball as opposed to off ball and use LeBron off ball like me and Brandon have been saying many times. I think that with Austin Reeves having the ball in his hands, it's going to pay dividends for the Lakers this year. Real quick, guys, let's close out on this. Um, the Rams and the Chargers are both one and two. I, I think we 
thought uh, the, the, the Rams looked very good. Um, uh, you know, they, they win the first game against Seattle, play a very good game against San Francisco, really should have found a way to beat Cincinnati. Let's close out on this. Grant, I'll start with you. Thoughts on the Rams? Uh, not surprised that they're one and two, but now it's like, where do they go from here? Honestly, I kind of am surprised that they're one and two. I know before the season, it didn't look that way, but you you had to find a way to beat Cincinnati, especially with a beat up Joe Burrow. There were questionable decisions by Sean McVay. There's a couple of questionable calls that didn't go their way. Matthew Stafford did not look crisp. This is kind of the team that we thought we were going to see before the season, and it showed in Cincinnati. I do expect them to get back on track against Indianapolis because Indianapolis, they did just beat both. Baltimore, but they will um, they will put on a good showing, and then they have Philadelphia. It's not going to be easy, but um, for the Rams, I just think that progress. See what the young guys got. See what you know. See what you have. Keep going week by week, and I think they'll be okay. I, I think they will be okay. It's just it was a little blip, and I think they'll learn from that. They have a veteran staff, a veteran quarterback. I think they'll be all right. Real quick, Brandon on the Rams. Yeah, yeah uh, concerned. McVay's <laughs> 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 play calling where it was terrible in that game. They should have won that game easy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where I I thought for for the first time I had some expectations. I, I had no expectation against Seattle. They surprised me. The the San Francisco game was funny because I'd never felt better following loss than game one yep. of, of the conference finals against Denver. I was like, oh, we we got him, and then it was a sweep. So we'll see where the Rams <laughs> were. We on Jokic, <laughs> exactly. We found out. We found out his kryptonite, and I'm like, uh, uh, not quite. Um, anyways, you guys are the best baller sports that the dialogue. Um, you guys have to check out their podcast. We'll have Grant and Brandon back on the show. Uh, next uh, week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the beginning of media day. Lakers and the Clippers are about to step back out of the court when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 of Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. And joining us from the Sporting Tribune, Marissa Flores. Marissa, how are you? Good, good. 
Busy morning, but good. <laughs> Busy morning. There we go. Marissa's out and about. She's in her car. Uh, listen, Marissa, a big, big um, week coming up here. Uh, Monday is the beginning of a Clippers training camp. They have media day. Um, you know, we've, we've been really wondering this summer if they're going to do anything big. They were kind of rumored to maybe get James Harden. That's not going to happen. I think that'll be an addition by subtraction. I think G.A. will agree with me there. I'll get her thoughts in a second. But your thoughts on the Clippers, Marissa, heading into this season? Ooh, I mean, I think they're going to be competitive for sure. I think they were just short of it if they can stay healthy this season. And they're a team that, you know, has a chip on their shoulder. They're a team that's not new. They, you know, a lot of them have played with each other before. I think they have a lot of the momentum on their side. Yeah, I mean, G.A., again, I, I kind of thought the James Harden deal would happen because the only reason he decided to opt in, I think, was to get traded. And, uh... I think at the end of the day, the Clippers certainly didn't want to trade anything of of great value for James Harden, which sounds crazy. But listen, I I, I don't think it really fit. But uh, gee, your thoughts on that move not happening? Thank you, all the heavens in the in the world. I I think that this team, as far as you know, camaraderie and the way that they all mesh and meld together, it is perfect the way it is. I don't think. Um, that it was necessary to add on James Harden. Now, I'm not saying that he's not a great player. I'm not saying that you know, maybe he would have helped out the team in any way, shape, or form. I just don't think that he was 100% necessary. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Now, okay, so coming into the season, right. uh, Kawhi is healthy. And again, you just want these guys to be healthy at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, that I think that's a good place to start. Kawhi is healthy at the beginning of the season. Paul George is healthy. Russell Westbrook is not only healthy, I think he's he's in a situation where he's happy to be here. Uh, he's talked about that several times. What is a successful season for the Clippers? Marissa, a successful season, is that, you know, like is a championship or bust if they get back to the Western Conference Finals again? Is that a successful season? What's a successful season for the Clippers? No, I think I think definitely. I mean, personally, being there and seeing them play the Suns, I'd kind of like to see them, you know, get their revenge and get their get back against the Suns. Because, like I said, if they were healthy, I think they were right there to taking the series. And against, you know, you, it's always fun to see Westbrook and KD match up against each other. So, um, yeah, I think definitely you have to make it further than you did last season. If you're healthy, absolutely. You have to. So not only making it to the Western Conference Finals, but absolutely getting a championship and, you know, finally getting your first one. So, Jihei, when we made our bet a, a few years ago, I really did think that that, that that team had the talent to get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't, not that they don't have the talent, Jihei, I don't think that they're going to get there. I think it's a stack West. You got the, the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers, revamped Warriors, although I don't know how good they'll they'll be. Uh, Jihei, uh, how far do the Clippers go? And what's a successful season for you? I mean, this is just, if I'm being realistic and everybody's healthy, championship or bust. There but we go. If, championship or bust if everybody's healthy. Now, Kawhi is healthy, if Paul George is healthy, if you have, I mean, Russell's going to play. Russell's going to be Russ, which is great. Um, which I never thought I would say that, but um, I'm glad, you know, that he's on. <laughs> I'm just being realistic here. Um, but 
if I'm really being a realistic Clipper fan and everybody's hurt and, you know, playing um, real Clipper basketball, uh, my realistic expectations are we make it to the Western Conference Finals. That That is my expectation. Um, and that's with Russ there. That's with Paul George um, possibly healthy. That is with Kawhi actually healthy. So um, I, I'm just – I'm – I think just because I've been disappointed so many times, I'm trying to lower my expectations um, <laughs> year by year. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Marissa, is this, you know, all or nothing maybe for Lawrence Frank this year? Um, I, they've given him a very long leash, and I love Lawrence. I, think <laughs> I was going to say, that's your boy. Jeez. I know, I do. I, lo- I love him, but I'm being realistic, Arash. I'm being realistic. Like, you know, you are a hard journalist. You are a hardened girl. I, I'm, I'm just, I Marissa, have... Marissa, just so you know, like, like <laughs> Jihei personally knows Lawrence Frank. I mean, they, they personally know each other. So I, I mean, she's not asking about Ty Lu's hot seat. She's asking about her close pers- personal friend's hot seat. Yeah. I don't want my friend to get fired. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie on that one. I definitely don't want him to get fired. I want him to get, don't want him to let go. Um, get let go, and I don't want him to uh, not live in Manhattan Beach and uh, hang out with me all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of do. I want to know, is Lawrence Frank on this hot seat? Is he getting still bo- – I mean, Bomber given him a leash. That's the yeah. great thing about yeah. this ownership program. He's given him a great leash. Um, he's definitely a hands-off, you know, let the pros do their kind of job, their thing. So – um, that's what he's done with Lawrence Frank. That's what he's done with Ty Lu, and I love that for him, and that's great. But eventually, you know, Blake's gonna hit the fan, and you're gonna have to you know, explain like, why haven't we won a title yet? Why haven't we even won a Western Conference yeah. yet? You know, so especially with the talent that is on that roster. So I'm just wondering again, in your opinion, Marissa, is he on that hot seat this year, or maybe even in another year? Maybe he gets an extra year to, to be on that hot seat. Yeah, no, I mean, that definitely adds some pressure, first of all, knowing that you, <laughs> you two have a little bit of a friendship there. But <laughs> I, will def- <laughs> I will definitely say there's always pressure every season. You know, you want your team to perform, and whenever they don't, you know, you, I think any person kind of sees that not as a failure, but, you know, like I said, it puts that chip on your shoulder. It gives you that motivation for next season. But like you probably have experienced G. Hey, you as a Clippers fan next season keeps coming and you know, those results aren't happening. Um, so absolutely. It's kind of winter bust for him, but we keep talking about the talent that this team has, not only the talent that they have, but the health, you know, factor that plays into it. I think that pressure even multiplies more if the team stays healthy. If you have a healthy three with, PG and Kawhi and Westbrook and you still aren't able to produce anything and something's still not clicking, then I think, um, I hate to see Hey, but then yes, I think you should be worried. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. And that's totally, yeah. And, and that's understandable considering, you know, the, the results that have, that have come to fruition in the last few years. So, um, but I'm, I'm really hoping that he's not. Yeah. <laughs> for, for his again. sake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the right homie. That's right. the homie right there. So that is, that is the yeah. homie. Um, all right, guys, I want to get your thoughts on the story that I'm fascinated most about sports. That has nothing to do kind of technically with sports, but listen, I think everyone's talking about it. Uh, of course, we're talking about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I, I don't know 
if Travis Kelsey realizes the uh, amount of fame coming his way. I, I just wanted to read you guys a few numbers. Again, Taylor Swift um, showing up in the Kelsey suite for the Chiefs game. Um, and th so this is what has happened since Sunday's game. There's been a 400% spike in Travis Kelsey jersey sales. The Kelsey podcast is the number one podcast overall. No, not just sports, but the number one podcast overall. Uh, Kelsey um, has added nearly 400,000 Instagram followers. There was uh, 24.3 million uh, people watched the game. What else? There's been, there was something else. There was, uh, uh, I think Kelsey's jersey is now one of the top selling jerseys. Okay. What do you guys think about this? Uh, Marissa, I'm going to start with you just because uh, the amount of fascination around Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, um, when you're dealing with someone who um, sold out multiple stadiums, again, SoFi Stadium, six straight nights, and she probably could have sold it out six more straight nights, your thoughts? And by the way, I don't think officially, GA, we, we have a name for the couple. I think that they've thrown some out there. Um, but Marissa, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm sorry, Arash. I, I was pulling in, oh, uh, uh, into my workplace, so I lost you. I lost you for a second. But, no, I just uh, want to get your thoughts Travis on your, and, yeah, Travis and Taylor, you know, just kind of like pick, pick an open-ended question. And really, our fascination with celebrity in this country, where you have the Chiefs playing the Bears, and the only thing people can focus on really is the sweet and what is what is Taylor's reaction to every movement and every touchdown that Travis makes oh my gosh you know I have to say I am a fan of the Kelsey brothers I'm a fan of their podcast love the podcast but you know as a person who has a soft spot for the Broncos and is always talking about the <laughs> duo with Kelsey and the homes um I'm happy to see him happy you know I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy if he's happy, absolutely. I'm hoping it doesn't give him too much motivation this season. Like I said, for my division, we're struggling right now, especially, <laughs> after, the game. <laughs> especially after the game we had this week, you know. But I, I love it for football. Just as a, as, as a football fan, as a person who loves the sport and loves seeing more people watch, loves seeing everyone get excited and everyone, you know, just come together and whether it's for Taylor, whether it's for a game or not, um, I love to see it. So I'm excited to see, you know, where this relationship goes. I hope it lasts a while because I'd hate to hear what song comes out. Oh, about seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's what Travis has coming his way if this doesn't work out. Uh, G.A., you're, you're a big uh, reality show fan. Not that, not that this is a reality show yet, although Travis did have his reality show back in the day. Uh, your thoughts on this power couple? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this. I'm glad that it's um, helping the numbers for football. I'm glad that it's helping numbers for sports. I mean, Taylor and all the Swifties don't really need help when it comes to popularity and money. Um, I am so over this. I'm very, what? like, I'm not happened. a person on it. I, I just started. Care. I want it to be over. <laughs> I want it to be over. I'm, I, I, and here's the thing. Good for them. If they're happy, wonderful. Like, and I know, again, I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it. This is going to end in so many tears. It's going to be like, wow. he's going to be a new breakup. Oh, like, I already, we already have seen the writing on the wall with her. Like, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not a thrifty. I, I don't, I respect <laughs> the hustle though. That girl knows how to work. Like, yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick is coming out and saying like, I respect the hustle. Like she does like, 
like four hours in a row or something like that on when she's on tour on a, in a concert. She pays her, um, she's a sweetheart by paying her staff. Like I think she paid her um, drivers like a hundred plus, hundred plus thousand dollars for the tour. Um, she, it, she's incredible. I'm not saying, I don't want to say anything bad about either, um, <laughs> either person. I just, I'm done with the hype. I don't care. Yeah, you don't, really don't care. <laughs> you don't want the Swifties to come after you. That's for sure. <laughs> no, you do not. You don't want the Swifties to come after you. But like, I, you know, I, I, and again, if she's happy and everything, like they end up getting married, having eight million babies, I'm psyched for them. I just don't see it happening with her track record. You know, so I, I just I, I'm I'm prepping for the worst. I'm hoping for the best. I'm prepping for the worst. I won't lie to you, hey. If if it does end, I'm not gonna say I I would be mad about it. You know, I I'd be curious <laughs> to see how it affects Travis Kelsey's game, and you know, therefore how that affects my team's chances. <laughs> no, I mean it's it definitely breakups are not not easy. So you know, <laughs> regardless of you know who you are, but like I'm sure if you're a professional athlete, they're not. Um, and you're still going, going strong. I, I, maybe that will give him more motivation. Maybe it'll give him less motivation. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see, right? Yeah. We'll see kind of I, thing. But yeah, I, I'm ready for it to be over. I know it just started, but I'm ready for started. it to be over. Yeah, I mean, here's the I don't think Travis is prepared. I mean, I, this is already happening in terms of the spotlight on him. And um, and and listen, if 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 it doesn't work out and there's a song made about him, I mean, it, it's, oh, the domino effect from this relationship will be very interesting uh, to watch. And Jihei, listen, I, I guess we're on the uh, on the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, I'm fascinated by this. I'm I'm, I'm like you watching Real Housewives. I'm I'm very intrigued by this <laughs> new reality show that I uh, have. Anyways, uh, guys, we wanted to get your thoughts also on the Rams. Again, the, the, the Rams didn't have a lot of expectation coming into this season. I think they surprised us all with the way that they uh, beat up on uh, the uh, Seahawks in Seattle. And then they played a very good game against San Francisco, generally thought of as the best team in the league. So there was a lot of optimism and hope going into the uh, Super Bowl rematch against Cincinnati on Monday night. And really, they had a chance to win that game. Marissa, now they're one and two, and now that there's a little bit of a fear that they may now kind of regress back to what a lot of people thought that they could be, that, that that's not necessarily going to happen, but there's some concern. Uh, your thoughts on this team through the first three games of the season? Yeah, I mean, the first two weeks, it seemed like, gosh, they had all the momentum on their side. So you definitely thought that, you know, with the start that the Bengals kind of had this year that, you know, the results would have been a little different, that the results would have turned in their favor. Um, McVeigh's calls, uh, Monday night's game, I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah. I didn't think it was his best game, especially, you know, when you have just under six minutes left on the clock, you're at the fourth and five or fourth and four, um, whatever it may be. You you have to go for it, uh -huh. especially like we said, when you're facing a, a team like the Bengals, you know the kind of start they had this season. And, like I said, all the momentum's on your side uh, with this young talent, too. So their their O-line definitely took a beating also. I, I feel bad for Thomas after, um, you know, when he went in against Trey Hendrickson. That was tough to see, too. It was just a tough game to watch. I didn't like McVay's calls, personally. I thought that they should have went for the fourth and fourth and four, fourth and five. Yeah, um, yeah it 
it was definitely a game, a winnable game for them, but it didn't turn out in their favor. Gee, he concerned yeah, I'm with the Rams, yeah. Um, I'm with Marissa on the play calling. I just don't, the defense knocked it out of the park, right? They did a great job, um, and there's only so much that they could possibly do, right? Like, when you have the defense out there, like, majority of the time, it kind of reminded me of, you know, back the Scott Fisher days where the defense was out majority of the time and the offense was doing quick three and outs. Like, I just, very concerning. Um, McVay's play calling in the second series in the in the second half was very concerning as well. Puka Nakua, who kills it for you and has all these touches in the first half, had one touch in the second, like one series in the second half. Um, the running game was obsolete. Like, there, what, what running game? There was no yeah. running game whatsoever. I mean, you had announcers in in the booth being like, "Why aren't you running the ball?" Um, he needs to mix it up a little bit, in my in my personal opinion. Obviously, it's about my pay grade. I'm not a coach. But, you know, as a fan, like, it would be nice just to see a little mix-up in there, um, a little variety. So that was a little on the concerning side. Now, the defense, I mean, obviously, there could always be improvements. But I think overall, they did such a great job. But, she, again, they can only do so much. So, um, yeah, I'm concerned about the play calling as well, Marissa. I, you, you knocked that out of the park. Um, I'm just hoping that that's not their demise, right? That maybe he learns from this, goes on um, the next game versus the Colts, and you know just learns from this and maybe implements the running game a little bit more. Well, before we close out, uh, right? And about, like, I, yeah, real quick, yeah. So sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, with that fourth and four, fourth and five, you know, they were one for eleven on third down. So I can't understand where they're coming from. They were a little closer to Cincinnati's zone, but um, you know, like I said, you just gotta go for it in those moments. Uh, real quick before we uh, wrap up, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the uh, Chargers big game against the Raiders. Um, listen, I think they're both in a tough spot here at one and two. Don't want to call it a must-win game, but I, I think. Um, Chargers now without Mike Williams for the season. This is a game that they have to win. I know there's going to be a ton of silver and black in the crowd, but Marissa, thoughts on the Chargers going into this week's game? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, my talking about my division is always tough. But That's right. Chargers or Raiders, personally, I think I'm going to have to go with the Raiders. Just uh, I've been liking Crosby, you know, what I've been seeing from him and the team. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think I'm going to have to go with the silver and black. What do you think, you hear? Uh I want to root for those Chargers, but I might agree with Marissa. Um, <laughs> I, I think, though, that <laughs> I, I just think that if the Chargers do, you know, man, they got to find a way to win. They just got to yeah. find a way to maintain the win. I'm not even talking about, like, because they could win. They have all the tools. They have all, even with Mike Williams out, I, I think. It, is Austin Eckler still out? I don't know. He probably will be, yeah, day to day, I think. All right. I mean, yeah, with those weapons out, it's going to be really, really difficult. But I think with, um, you know, with Justin Herbert, I mean, they just have a, a, a stud in him. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying Chargers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm saying Chargers. Yeah, listen, it's a, it's a big game for both. I don't want to say both coaches are on the hot seat, but man, it, it, they're beginning to light the fire a little bit. Uh, certainly with the uh, with the play call, calls that Josh McDaniel had with the Raiders and Brandon Staley, you know, coming off of what happened a year ago, he's got to find a way to win. So, you know, again, it's just week four, but I think we got a bus win game for both the Chargers and the Raiders. Marissa, thank you so much. We'll have you back on next week. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. 
Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.